Hey everyone, Basies are live on your favorite local radio with all the news, reviews, and gossip. This is your host, Miral. I'm Scott. And I'm Zane. And this is Live Show. We're going to start this week with a review of Dolly Kitty and Chamakti Sitare, which loosely translates right. into Dolly and Kitty, who are the protagonists of the movie, and the Twinkling Stars. I'm going to be the bad Brit here, right? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. Hey, you, you know what? I, th- I think it was an excellently done movie. I think it was shot well. The characters were great. I think the story was a little mundane. It was very predictable. Um, you kind of could have, you, you kind of saw the plot play out before it played out. And, and I think maybe that's a difference because of culture and audience here, uh, mainly because, uh, so I, obviously I've grown up in, in, in England and a lot of those storylines have played out and both those characters are kind of very familiar to me on multiple levels. I've seen those stories played out over and over again in real life. So that's credit to the filmmaker and the director and the producer that the stories are very, very real. But I think for maybe an India-specific audience who are living that cultural shift, that cultural change right now, it's more maybe more apt and appropriate. Whereas, say, a audience which has grown up with Desi Origins in in places like England or America might have kind of been more familiar and it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of know this story. I, it's kind of predictable. I know how this is going to play out. Uh, so it wasn't, it, it didn't leave me like, oh, wow, I'm so, this, this is something insightful to me. It's, it, it was a very well-written story, don't get me wrong. And I think it was very well acted, but it, it was, it, it didn't bring anything new to me to me you know like art is meant to move you it didn't move me it was more like hey i know this story this is very familiar these two characters are very familiar the other thing that i found was that dolly i think that the the married woman if i'm right i think she's the most unlucky woman in the world right and that was really unrealistic because the the plot lines you know the bad marriage the relationship with her mom you know coming to terms with you know what is the gender of my my son going to be right um you know just you know the death of her lover and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. It, it was just like you know you have to have really bad luck and i, and I felt like there was cramming too many storylines into one right whereas kitty's character i think that was very much more realistic right that was a very true coming of age story and in my mind i i feel like she should have just car- focused on that one character because I thought that was a much more interesting and much more endearing character to be around as opposed to Dolly where Dolly I think was you know I, I kind of get you I know what's going to happen in your life you know you, you, you're setting up each scene in life very 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 on the spot but I know what's going to happen it's too predictable and this is too much of it so I, I beg to differ with you and maybe because I think um, it's it's a woman's perspective but um, I think the lives of women are complicated, and and it's they're not they're not complicated in Asian South Asian culture only. They're very complicated here in America, North America, or in Great Britain. And when I look at the story from a woman's point of view, I I find that uh, it was it was perfectly led in their characters. There are things that they do right, and there are things that they stuck on for um for for um dolly 
um, she in her head has created this entire perfect world where she has a home, she has a husband, she has a, you know two sons that are great from an from a Indian South Asian perspective. Yet she has these issues which are which are so deep in her psyche that she herself doesn't recognize it till that reckoning comes to her. And no, it's absolutely. a process of evolution for her as well. And and then the expectation, because isn't every person uh, a a part of the system, right? Whatever you surround yourself with, you become that person. And if you decide to pull yourself out of one environment and put yourself into another one, there is going to be a shift in your own personality, which happens to all of us. And I thought I kind of... Um, I knew, I mean, we all knew where it was going to lead to. It wasn't, it, it was the way the story was told. That was just brilliant. You know, at times I thought I understood both of them so well that uh, I didn't need dialogues to really know what was going on in the heads. Because we've all been there as South Asian women. We've, we've had We've had predators in the family. We've had to go through the process of, you know, seeing another scenario which has shocked us and we've evolved into it and found our strengths uh we've 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 been through that entire process um in 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 environments around us so what i felt was that she needed strong actors to really play it out and she found them in konkanas and sharma and bumi pitnaker they were brilliant and at times they just achieved the impact with just a look of their eye which was just phenomenal i thought Oh, no, nothing, nothing taking away from the acting, nothing taking away from, you know, everything you say is right. And, you know, obviously as a woman, you probably, you know, it's a lot more of a familiar story to you. But from a guy's perspective who's listened to women going through their issues and their problems and their life crises uh, and being familiar with it, 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 it wasn't unfamiliar territory. The story was well told. Uh, I'm not putting that away. I just think there was no crappy cramming too many issues you know like i said i mean dolly was the most unfortunate unlucky person in the world i think most people have to face one or two of those issues throughout their lifetime not consistently and it was just so jam-packed into one um it, it was like she was a very me against the world and everything has gone wrong with me uh, in, in my life right and whereas the other character i felt had but that coming of age story was from from my perspective, and might might just be a personal perspective here, right? But from what I saw, I thought that was a much more endearing story because I think that that seems much more recognized, right? Recognizable in real life because she didn't have multitude of issues. She was just growing up, right? And she was growing up in an environment with certain stereotypes, certain cultural issues. But it was it was you know it was. It was more, I felt her character was more believable than Dolly's. Not to take away from the issues that Dolly faced or the multitude of issues that she faced, but I, I just thought as a movie, as something to watch, as something that was believable, right? I mean, Dolly, Dolly's character could have been just a separate movie, I feel, right? Mm -hmm. I think mean, the characters could have been just separate. I know they played well together. But, 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 the, whole, but the whole fulcrum of the movie depended upon how they, in, um, at some point in time, um, you know, they were close and then they drift apart, but they become each other's strength at some point in time when they start standing up for 
one another. So that was, oh, no, no, but, that was another right. angle that wouldn't have happened had these two women not be same in one show, in, in, in one perspective, but so different from each other in another. No, 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 I agree. I agree. That, that, that's a valid point. Absolutely valid. I, uh, I, I like Scott, you, you asked <laughs> Alankrita about the characters and how it was interesting to see how she conceived them. What, what, what did you think? And you know, you know, they elaborated about it. What do you think? Well, first of all, I, I do agree with Zane to the extent that the the story of the housewife, the story of Dolly, was um, was pretty. I've seen that a lot. We've seen the bored, unfulfilled, unhappy housewife. Um, we've seen that story a lot. What made it interesting was how you had Kitty, who that was a much more interesting story, but they, they played off one another. You know, and I, I don't want to say that they both had exactly the same trajectory because they, they didn't. But there were, there were certain things that were similar. For example, they both had trouble finding a place to live. Right? The, the, their their yeah. domestic space was, was unstable, not safe. Um, uh, uh, sleazy is the wrong word, but what, the fact that that the new apartment they wanted to move into was never going to happen. It was just a scam. So you had two women who are not stable from a, a domestic space, perspe the perspective of, of a domestic space. So, I so thought don't, that was don't, don't you find don't you find that very uh, that that the way she conceived the character, um, uh, whereas she was this uh, this woman at home who was on the receiving end of the relationship or whatever was wrong with with the relationship despite showing the world that she was fine and you know she had this perfect home perfect husband perfect everything in her head despite all of that she had the guts to go and steal in her office where where she was treated like you know she 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 was she was treated like a maid whereas she was an educated accountant uh but 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 I, I thought that was a uh, that was a great comparison and how she found her strength and how she lost it at some point in time. I, I yeah I don't disagree with that. I mean they will the mother, the wife will do anything to to survive, right? I mean she summoned that courage to steal, just like just like Kitty was doing just horrible, just a, a job that was so unpleasant it made her vomit. She got sick every time she had to say, I love you to someone, uh, but she was doing what she had to, to survive. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I mean about how both characters were playing off one another in, in, in that story. Um, and, so, and so do you want to, do you want to, uh, uh, do you want to play the clip where Konkana and Alankrita elaborated on how they saw the characters play? Sure. Let's, let's listen to that. So let's start, uh, let's start with uh, Dolly and Kitty. Could you, Talk briefly about the film for those members of our audience who haven't seen it yet. So, uh, Dolly Kitty, or which translates into Dolly Kitty and those twinkling stars, um, is a film about uh, two cousins, Dolly and Kitty, who are living in the outskirts um, of uh, New Delhi uh, in a sort of newly urbanizing kind of landscape. And it's their story of uh, finding themselves and finding freedom and this journey is a sort of love-hate relationship uh, between the two of them and they kind of enable each other to find um, that little piece of uh, uh, freedom. 
So yeah, that's what the story is about. It's uh, available to watch on uh, Netflix. When we spoke, it was uh, Sunday night uh, in Ohio, and it was Monday morning in India. And so the movie had been out for three days. And I asked them what the reaction had been, and they were thrilled. So let's take a listen. It's just uh, uh, come out um, on Friday and today is Monday. So it's been uh, very overwhelming. Uh, we've got, a, uh, got like a lot of love, lots of people calling and messaging, uh, lots of beautiful messages on social media. Uh, so it's been very interesting. It's also, you know, a lot of people have a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions. And uh, uh, so it's, it's, it's very interesting. I think people are quite, uh, it, it's causing people to like, think a lot think about a lot of things and uh, of course dolly and kitty are getting a lot of love for their performance i don't know if konkana would like to share something i think that uh, i'm i'm totally with you alankita what you're saying it's been uh, really overwhelming and so fantastic because i feel like i've i've really ha- gotten a chance to sink my teeth in, into this role i've not had such a nice juicy interesting fun role in such a long time and i think people have really appreciated seeing women portrayed in uh, you know a slightly different way from um what is uh, you know the bulk of the portrayal of women uh, in our country not all of it but i think the bulk of it is uh, perhaps you know a particular kind of way which could be a little limited and this is uh, you know very different in that sense so i think people have really appreciated that and the film touches upon many interesting issues uh, uh, on gender on sexuality and i think that's been uh, welcomed and in in great as far as i can tell part and we talked about this earlier when we were discussing what we thought about the film is that neither of the two women nothing belonged to them like their their bodies didn't belong to them their uh dolly couldn't even feel anything uh kitty kitty's words weren't even hers they the men in the call center they told her what to say and so i asked alankrita about that about the women not owning things here's what she had to say it seemed like nothing about the the main characters was their own particularly their bodies and so you've talked about uh konkona you talked about how that's not always how it's been portrayed in indian cinema okay. and so what specifically have been the reactions to that idea that these women's bodies aren't their own their happiness isn't their own their time isn't their own what what have you been hearing what and what are your thoughts on that um i think that um more than uh, you know their bodies not being their own i don't know how much i i have personally come across that particular point maybe alankita will be able to tell us more uh, i think what i have come across the most is that uh, these women are not behaving in a uh, in a very typical codified kind of manner you see what happens is that very often and across countries because you know when we took this film it had its international premiere at the Busan Film Festival where we had all gone a bunch of women the producer the director are also women and we had all gone together and we found many korean uh, women actually really relating to this and i think the reason for this is that uh, globally uh, uh, what happens is that women kind of um, have these boxes they have to check and they have a certain kind of a, a lifestyle whether you know they have to uh, you know get married have a career the way they behave the way they hold themselves the way they um you know the choices they make all of these are already codified already prescribed and i find many times in the bulk of our mainstream cinema not always that we kind of adhere to this without really um uh, in in a, in a manner which is unspoken it's like we have an unspoken agreement ki okay we will portray women like this this is what women do this is what they don't do in this film we kind of see the real and more hidden 
kind of aspect hidden in the sense that it's not really usually on screen. We see these aspects of women, and there were times where I was a bit, uh, uh, you know, underconfident, and I would ask Salankita, "Are you sure you want to show this? Because you know we've really never seen this. That you know, is she being a bit too harsh as a mother?" Or should she be a little more sympathetic? And I'm so glad that, you know, I mean, Alankrita really had that conviction and understanding to show these women in all their complexities and not be afraid of inviting judgment. Uh, and I think at the end of the film, it doesn't invite judgment. It kind of it invites you to look at their lives in a more complex and wholesome way. And I think that is what has been appreciated. You talk about how the way... Uh, the the film ended for each of the main characters. How, how you talked about those gray areas. What were the gray areas for Dolly and the gray areas for Kitty? So for Kitty, I think like the gray area is that, you know, she's come to the city and um, she thought that her sister's house would be the safest place for her to live and the place where, you know, she would be protected. And uh, that's actually the most unsafe place for her to live because of the brother-in-law who's, you know, got this kind of, uh, uh, one, uh, you know, strange touch towards her. And I think it's ta it takes Kitty courage to sort of, uh, you know, uh, see that and realize that she has, it's safer for her to actually be outside in that world. And then we see that that outside world is not very safe either. But it's still, it's perhaps safer than the four walls of that house. So I think um, her journey is also then about, and then the thing is that she finds actually safety in, again, like a job which, you know, is a very ambiguously, I mean, it's, you can be like, why is she doing this? She's selling, yeah, yeah, like she's selling romance and, uh, you know, it gets very sexual and she's selling that on the phone. So what is she really doing? And I think her conflict with, you know, telling herself, no, it's okay that I'm doing this. And then I think at the end, coming to the conclusion that there is no point, uh, I mean, to actually appreciate that independence um, that that job gives her. And despite its pitfalls, you know, she gets dignity and respect from that job. And there's no two ways about that. And, and she tries to utilize whatever happens in the city, like, you know, the fact that these girls have been vilified by the attack on their um, office. You know, in, she tries to translate that into an opportunity for further growth. So she's ambitious and I feel like she owns uh, the choices finally. And she's like, okay, if this is what's working out in my life and this is the only, um, you know, only thing that I have, I'm going to make this work out. And I'm going to respect myself for it and not be sort of, give, um, you know, bow down to other people's judgment. Whereas I think with Dolly, it's like, She's convinced herself that she has, you know, this beautiful doll-like house and this perfect kind of life and everything that she sort of makes her a very uh, correct middle-class woman. You know, she has a little car and her husband goes to work and she's got two sons and everything. But I think her journey is so complex because she was abandoned as a child, uh, you know, by her mother and she is also not accepting her own son and she's also not accepting the truth about her own um, her own marriage and uh, you know what she sort of and she's you know they've just decided that the problem is her and I think it's her discovery of understanding that that problem is not necessarily her but she needs to make that sort of um, journey and that choice and um, I think she really by accepting um, her son and leaving with him she actually embraces herself and you know she goes towards her mother so actually in a strange sense it's about a reunion between her mother her and her daughter actually because 
Papu really identifies as a girl. So, you know, it's it's that about like something connecting between grandmother, mother and granddaughter eventually. I definitely feel that, uh, you know, there is a very sort of uh, often a straight-laced way of projecting women on screen in India. And, uh, you know, they do kind of tend to uh, tick those boxes. And uh, I think like, uh, flawed women who may be inhabiting a morally gray compass, you know, like uh, what they sort of, uh, whether they're doing something that uh, may seem wrong, etc. So I think uh, in uh, cinema in India, there's often a sense of judgment towards uh, the actions of a woman. And I think for me, consciously, uh, that's something that has always bothered me. And it is something that um, I want to uh, break you know this idea that you should be judging women i feel women make decisions that work for them in that moment uh depending on what's happening uh, in their life at that time and uh you know it's very easy to sit in judgment but it's not nice and it's not um helping uh, uh, uh you know the, the the sort of cause of women in any way so i think i find it interesting to just see women for who they are and uh, you know they know how to survive in difficult situations and that requires uh, for them to be quite uh, inventive and sometimes cunning and sometimes do things which, you know, uh, may not seem very uh, correct. So I, I, I really enjoy exploring that. Find us at daisies.live. So we got to the point in the interview where I was, I was curious about progress, how we measure progress. And I asked them what it would take, how would we know as a society not just Western society or American society, but in India as well, how would we know what would be a, a kind of a test where we could say we don't quite have the urgency to make these sorts of films? Right now they're needed. We need to understand the complexity. We need to understand the difficulty that women go through. But how do we know when, when we can move on to other kinds of stories? Um, I guess to get to a stage where women are not thought of as owned or managed, but just human beings, uh, where women have not only equal rights, um, but responsibilities, you know, uh, where, where we can move ahead and, uh, and, uh, and I guess, uh, be a part of the society in a more holistic manner where we don't have the sword of being disenfranchised um, on top of us. I mean, it's not only in South Asia, but look at what's happening in our own country right now, where, you know, rights, women's rights are up, up for grabs whenever, whenever people feel like it. Um, but I think a lot of that depends on women as well. They have to make the right choices. Um, as women, um, as Dolly and Kitty, I guess the beginning of any emancipation process is the women themselves, right? No, I agree. And, and you see that at the end where Kitty makes the conscious decision. She's not forced into it. Instead of doing this thing that she hates and that she doesn't want to do and being forced to follow a certain kind of script, she takes the initiative or she makes it, she expands the business plan and takes responsibility for it, for the business, for we're keeping the business alive. And I think if we, we, if we can see more of that, then we'll know that these stories have had their effect. So what is it going to take for, to not have to tell these stories? Because these are obviously important now. 
women are obviously supposed to live in certain boxes and in certain silos. And you're telling a story that fights against that, that, that plays with that. What has to happen? What has to change? Where is that change going to come from? And how do you know when you're there? Kokona? <laughs> well, we've made this film. So we are doing it. We are saying it. I think it's fantastic when we have producers and financiers who are backing this, this kind of content. And we have found that Balaji, uh, headed by Ekta Kapoor, has done that for us. Alankita's previous film, Lipstick Under My Burkha, which is also a very feminist film about four women. Uh, I was also, we collaborated on that project as well. Um, you know, that was also released by Balaji. So it is very encouraging that, uh, you know, people like Ekta are producing, financing, standing behind, backing these, this kind of content. And one can only hope that others will also follow suit. Um, now, the reason why this doesn't happen is not something which is like absolutely clear to me. I think that part of it is because that it's a business model and it is an established and safe business model. And many times, you know, people are afraid to look outside of it or take those risks. Uh, now, the thing is that as an actor or even as a writer-director, I mean, we are more creative people. Obviously, we don't want our films to, uh, you know, uh, lose money for our producers, obviously. But at the same time, I think, I mean, speaking for myself, I think it's important for many different kinds of films to exist. And in the same vein, many different kinds of, um, you know, lifestyles and choices to exist so that people can choose for themselves. Uh, a lot of it will also depend on audiences and how they react to this and their demand for this kind of cinema. Uh, and if they make their voices known or their opinions felt, that will also help. Because many times when you try to do something which is a little different, it's very difficult to get financial backing. And a lot of that actually comes from using a mainstream uh, hero or a heroine, usually a hero. And the budget of the film, it does not depend on the content of the film as it ideally should, but it depends on... Um, you know, the actors that you get, um, you know, that, that is what actually influences the finances, which is not an ideal model, according to me. <laughs> right, right. I feel we have very few such films uh, which actually explore, you know, the inner lives and the complexities of women's uh, lives in, uh, uh, in India. And I think that um, until society changes and these stop being concerns, uh, I think these films will continue to be relevant. And um, I don't know, I don't see that change coming uh, very quickly or any, you know, I think it's slow, it's gradual. Um, there are more and more women joining the workforce, which I think gives them financial independence and also more agency in their lives. So I feel there are ways in which things are changing. Uh, but it's very, very slow. And I think that it's going to be a long time um, before, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, uh, the kind of oppression that women um, face and the kind of uh, stifling of their dreams that they have to keep experiencing, uh, you know, that they stop experiencing that one hopes that, you know, uh, uh, some sort of change would come, but I don't think, uh, you know, it's so automatic or it would just um, uh, happen so quickly. So, yeah, I think until that happens, there's always a lot of, uh, you know, there are, there are a lot of untold stories about women. And uh, I hope more and more such stories are, are told, actually. Zian, do you, do you think there, there will be a change in society because of movies? And do you think 2020 has helped with all that? <laughs> 
I, I, I think 2020 may have helped with all of that because we're all watching a lot more TV, right? Because we're all staying at home, right? So I think the onus and responsibility does fall on, on, on the filmmakers and the producers and the actors uh, to put out relevant stories that people can relate to. I mean, back to this, uh, uh, this, this movie that we're discussing here, Ultimately, I think it's a very aspirational movie in, in, in the whole of its context. And yes, there, there are elements of the story that will take you there. But right at the end, the women are taking control of their life, both Dolly and Kitty. They have gone through whatever they've gone through in terms of life issues, but they decided to live life on their own terms. And I think that is the crux of the story, is as a woman, the, this type of movie would help you say, hey, I can do this for myself. And as long as it has that impact and that realization, I think it has an impact for 2020 and beyond. Uh, but yes, I think filmmakers have a huge responsibility right now. Uh, the, the real life creation of villains and you know people wanting to be heroes or people wanting to be- But, but, but it impacted you know, behavior of people then. Love. It impacted the behavior of people in a very big way. For example, uh, in movies, the heroes would, would chase the heroines and the women were getting chased. And I think that was a normal in India for the longest time. Even now, it's okay to catcall a woman because, hey, the movies do it. It's okay to chase a woman. A woman's no is never a no. If she doesn't want you to chase him or her, or if, if a woman doesn't want you to chase her, or if... Uh, if a woman says no, that's highly not acceptable because Bollywood movies romanticize the fact that if a woman says no, you just have to keep hitting her back yep. and you keep, keep hitting at it and she'll say yes at some point in time and because, Absolutely. hey, that's how women change their minds. And that's the so, point that I, that's the point yeah, I was making. Yeah. I was yeah. leading to that exact point that what, what has happened is that that has influenced society today. Men you know, uh, there's a, a small portion of men that don't know how to talk, say, take no for an answer. Uh, there's a small portion of women that think, hey, I need to attract a man and I have to dress up in a certain way because that fulfills my life is meet a guy, deny him in the beginning, then acquiesce at some point and then happily ever after, right? And then there's either the villains or the, or the family or the mother-in-law, the potential mother-in-law are all at odds with each other. And I think that's just made it standardized in people's mind that this we're, we're, the kind of people have been programmed right to think that this is how life is so now i think movie makers and producers and directors and writers they need to recognize that they have a responsibility because they do have a social impact and if change has to happen then they play a huge part in it yeah. Uh, I guess uh, Konkan and Alankrita didn't seem very excited at what 2020 had done for them. Right, Scott? <laughs> That's correct. They were, I asked them at the close if they were fearful, if they were excited, if they were optimistic about 2020. And both of them said essentially no, that they were, that they were unhappy uh, with the direction that society was moving in 2020 and that they were they had anxiety. I think we all have that anxiety right now. Right. I was hoping that at some point, you know, they you always want someone to say, but, and you know, there was a, there was a little bit, they talked, I think they talked a little bit about things could get better, but for the most part, it was like, nah, nah, 
And, and you always want to hear someone say, because especially if, you, if, if I'm feeling anxiety, if I'm feeling uh, uh, unsure and fearful, it's, it's really nice to hear someone uh, come in confidently and say, everything's going to be all right. You know, even, even if there's no good reason for you to trust that person, it still feels good to hear it. It, it, it. And it gives you at least a little bit. It just makes you think, okay, well, maybe, maybe that person knows something I don't. So I'm, you know, I, I feel better about things, but no. No. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hear <laughs> well, what they said. It sounds as if the ability to make these changes and to make progress in society, you believe that film's effect on that is incremental and gradual instead of radical. Is that correct? Oh, definitely. I don't, I, I definitely feel that films can start conversations of, you know, like a sense of reflection. They can challenge the status quo, but I don't particularly believe that uh, a film can create a direct, immediate, radical um, change, but I feel it is slow. If like few more people think about things, they talk about things. I feel it's it's a sort of slow and gradual process. I don't know, uh, Goku, would you like to share something? Yeah, no, I I think it's the same way. I mean, you know, I think you know sometimes you know people talk about echo chambers and bubbles and that we surround ourselves with like-minded opinions, but and how that can be a problem and we're kind of separated from the way the rest of the uh, you know. Uh, many other people think how the majority thinks but I find it often empowering because I find that you know when when I see Alankara making a film like this it makes me brave it makes me think that oh you know we can talk about this stuff we can we can we can do it in almost an entertaining manner uh you know when on uh, social media when I find people voicing unpopular opinions uh you know even if it's within my echo chamber it gives me strength it gives me hope it gives me courage to also speak out so like she said it's insidious it's very gradual the change is very gradual yeah, but it, it's important and you can, to be out there and exist. I have noticed, I, I don't know if you have, but 2020 has been a bit of a volatile year. Um, <clears throat> what, do you, <laughs> what do you think uh, about the future? Are you hopeful? Are you pessimistic? Are you fearful? I don't know. I think uh, uh, I'm not very hopeful, I must say, uh, about the future. I, I was thinking when that initially that maybe the pandemic will give us all time to sort of reflect and change something, you know, within us and create a better sort of world in many kind of ways. But now I feel that actually it's really, I don't know, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling very hopeful or positive or, uh, uh, about the future per se. But I hope that like this time, I don't know, eventually would have led to some self-reflection and in people's individual lives and that would lead to something changing and like making different choices, whether it's in our personal lives or it's vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the work that we do, our, you know, engagement with society. So one just hopes, but it's not feeling like that hope is so real. I think that uh, it depends on us. Uh, right now, I can't say whether the times themselves are hopeful or not hopeful. But at the same time, I feel that, uh, you know, it depends so much on us as human beings and citizens on what we decide to do with it. Because, for example, you know, I think that the pandemic, uh, particularly amongst other uh, things, whether it's the rise of fascism throughout the world um, or, uh, you know, climate change, etc. These things have been glaringly, uh, they have been brought into focus because of the pandemic and it's really up, up to us. Uh, to see whether we want to take steps or not. So whether I am hopeful or not will depend on what steps we take as governments, as citizens. Right. It sounds as if the ability to make these changes and to make progress in society, you believe that film's effect on that 
is incremental and gradual instead of radical. Is that correct? Uh, definitely. I don't, f I, I definitely feel that films can start conversations of, you know, like a uh, sense of reflection. They can challenge the status quo, but I don't particularly believe that uh, a film can create a direct, immediate, radical um, change. But I feel it is slow. I like few more people think about things, they talk about things. I feel it's it's a sort of slow and gradual process. I don't know, uh, Goku, would you like to share something? Yeah, no, I, I think it's the same way. I mean, you know, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, people talk about echo chambers and bubbles and that we surround ourselves with like-minded opinions, but, and how that can be a problem and we're kind of separated from the way the rest of the, uh, you know, uh, the, many other people think how the majority thinks but I find it often empowering because I find that you know when when I see Alankar making a film like this it makes me brave it makes me think that oh you know we can talk about this stuff we can we can we can do it in almost an entertaining manner uh you know when on uh, social media when I find people voicing unpopular opinions uh you know even if it's within my echo chamber it gives me strength it gives me hope it gives me courage to also speak out so like she said it's insidious it's very gradual the change is very gradual yeah, but it, it's important and, and you can, to be out there and exist. I have noticed, I, I don't know if you have, but 2020 has been a bit of a volatile year. Um, <clears throat> what do you <laughs> what do you think uh, about the future? Are you hopeful? Are you pessimistic? Are you fearful? I don't know. I think uh, uh, I'm not very hopeful, I must say, uh, about the future. I. I was thinking when that initially that maybe the pandemic will give us all time to sort of reflect and change something, you know, within us and create a better sort of world in many kind of ways. But now I feel that actually it's really, I don't know, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling very hopeful or positive or, uh, uh, about the future per se. But I hope that like this time, I don't know, eventually would have led to some self-reflection and in people's individual lives and that would lead to something changing and like making different choices, whether it's in our personal lives or it's vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the work that we do, our, you know, engagement with society. So one just hopes, but it's not feeling like that hope is uh, real. I think that uh, it depends on us. Uh, right now, I can't say whether the times themselves are hopeful or not hopeful. But at the same time, I feel that, uh, you know, it depends so much on us as human beings and citizens on what we decide to do with it. Because, for example, you know, I think that the pandemic, uh, particularly amongst other uh, things, whether it's the rise of fascism throughout the world um, or, uh, you know, climate change, etc. These things have been glaringly, uh, they have been brought into focus because of the pandemic and it's really up, up to us. Uh, to see whether we want to take steps or not. So whether I am hopeful or not will depend on what steps we take as governments, as citizens. All right, this is all for this week from us. I'm Scott. I'm Iral. This is Zane. Signing off this week on theaces.live. Stay safe, everyone. And have a wonderful rest of your week. Catch you next week. Take care.